Hello, and welcome to LINK, the industry's link to learn, innovate, news, knowledge, and global supply chain intelligence, hosted by Food Logistics and Supply and Demand Chain Executive. In this episode, Editor-in-Chief Marina Mayer talks with Rebecca Brewster, President and COO of American Transportation Research Institute, to discuss labor shortage in the trucking industry. Let's link to Marina and Rebecca's conversation now. Hello, my name is Marina Mayer. I am the Editor-in-Chief of Food Logistics and Supply and Demand Chain Executive. And I'm here with Rebecca Brewster, the President and COO of American Transportation Research Institute. Hello, Rebecca. Good afternoon, how are you? How good, how are you? Thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. So um, today we're gonna be talking about labor shortage in the trucking industry and how hours of services have changed. And so I know that there's been um, a lot of research on your end with your institute. So labor shortage, you know, it's always been an issue um, even before the coronavirus and then the coronavirus happened. So I kind of just want you to walk us through like how this pandemic has further impacted the labor shortage problem in trucking. Absolutely. And first, to to just agree with your first opening statement that the labor shortage has always been an issue in the trucking industry. I started on this job in January of 1993, so 27 years ago. And one of the first studies I worked on was a driver shortage related study. So, you know, two decades plus, we've been talking about the driver shortage. And it really does uh, ebb and flow with the uh, economy which is, is relevant to what we're seeing during COVID. Um, certainly, we had a, a very well-discussed and uh, documented driver shortage before the pandemic started. And even in the early uh, phases of the pandemic, when we saw spikes in truck activity because people were rushing out to buy toilet paper and per, uh, non-perishable food items and hospitals were having to stock up with uh, PPE and, and medicines and everything else, uh, certainly demand was high for truck activity. But as more states started to shut down uh, businesses and manufacturing shut down, uh, we saw a definite drop off in truck activity. We uh, use truck GPS data to do that uh, research. And it's a very definite drop off in truck activity perhaps more uh, exaggerated or more obvious in states where there's a heavy manufacturing base like in Michigan. And so with that drop off in uh, truck activity, obviously less demand for drivers. And so uh, for the time being, the driver shortage is not really a top industry issue right now uh, because fleets who still have business have the drivers they need. Uh, And uh, where there has been some shifting, some sectors have been hit harder in the trucking industry than others as a result of the pandemic. And so even those good drivers who perhaps their fleets don't have as much much business, if they're not staying with that fleet, are likely uh, finding some work in those sectors of the industry where it is, uh, where they still have a lot of business. And and you bring up an interesting point, you know, because we're seeing a lot of studies that you know, talent is at an all-time high, um, but there's still not enough demand. But you're saying that, um, you know, there is no such thing as a driver shortage right now. So I guess maybe kind of explain how this has all happened. You know, why is this the case? Right. Well, I, I think the minute the economy rebounds and freight demand goes back up, I think we'll start to hear 
uh, and see in the data the, the driver shortage play out. But uh, for those fleets, for instance, if you are a tank fleet operator who hauls gasoline uh, to, to gas stations, uh, you saw a tremendous drop-off, uh, particularly in March and April, because Americans were staying at home and not driving their cars. Um, and so those fleets aren't out recruiting and looking for drivers. Uh, fleets that service the autom automobile manufacturing um, industry, those fleets are not out recruiting drivers because they don't have or haven't had uh, the demand for their uh, vehicles and their, and their equipment. So uh, it, it's a very temporary, and, and certainly we hope for, in terms of the economy, a very temporary situation that I believe will, as the, as the economy rebounds, we will start to see the driver shortage uh, come back uh, hopefully, we'd like to say with a, with a vengeance, that's a weird thing to ask for, but but, right. but we want the economy to rebound and, and and we want there to be that freight demand that, that tells us we need to go out and get new drivers. Um, the other issue is, while we've all been shuttered at, and at home, your uh, driver training schools have not been operating. And so our supply of drivers, uh, that is a continual need, has not been being fulfilled uh, and so we'll have some repercussions from that once the economy really opens all the way back up. Which is, you know, it kind of goes into my next point, you know, about the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration. You know, they revised the hours of service um, regulations to provide greater flexibility for drivers. And so, you know, in compilation with, with what you just talked about, what does this mean for the safety of our drivers and the companies that employ them and basically the overall supply chain? Well, it's interesting because uh, we did research uh, several years ago that looked at the potential for adding some flexibility to the sleeper birth provision, which is one of the uh, now things that uh, FMCSA has put in this latest rule, of hours of service rule. And in our research, we uh, documented significant cost savings to uh, the trucking industry and certainly the supply chain at large if drivers were able to split their sleeper birth time uh, in a different way than they were currently or, or were able to under the old rules to provide that additional flexibility. And I think it has a real, uh, at least in our analysis, has a real close tie to safety impacts because as we documented, having the ability to split that sleeper birth time a little more flexibly than drivers previously could would allow drivers to get out of the worst congestion. So if I'm tired and I'm driving into Atlanta at the worst time of day, I can now um, take a break and have that break count towards my sleeper, my sleeper birth hours um, without having it count against my 14-hour uh, duty day. And then get through Atlanta or whatever congested area you are a little better rested and certainly at a less stressful time when there's less congestion. Interesting. Um... So what other regulations have you seen shifted a bit due to the coronavirus and how have these changes impacted the transportation industry? Well, on the same topic of hours of service, of course, um, FMCSA put in a, uh, a waiver of the hours of service rules for those who were hauling relief supplies. Now, uh, the folks at American Trucking Associations did a survey of their membership to find out who, which fleets were or if fleets were taking advantage of that. And, uh, the majority of fleets were not simply uh, using that waiver of the hours of service rules. Um, 
because they're essentially, I think their their runs were set up, and with less congestion, their drivers weren't burning hours of service, sitting stuck in traffic like we typically do uh, when everybody's on the roadway. Um, but we did see some other regulations that that were helpful, um, I think, for the industry. One for those who could take advantage of of where it made sense and, and was still a safe thing to do, take advantage of those hours of service waivers, fleets would do that. Uh, also, there were some relief at the state level on weight limits, and so some fleets may have taken advantage of that. Uh, I think it was, in general, a recognition on the part of both at the federal level, but certainly at the state level, of how critical uh, the trucking industry was and is to the supply chain during this time. Uh, and giving the trucking industry as much flexibility as possible to get those deliveries and uh, pickups and deliveries made uh, safely and efficiently. So then what do you see as the future of the transportation industry uh, following the coronavirus once things start to open back up and we kind of go back to a new normal of whatever that is? Well, I think one of the, the silver linings to come out of this whole thing for the industry is the very positive light that has been cast on the men and women who drive trucks professionally. Uh, they have really been recognized by the general public as heroes and frontline heroes, much like our medical personnel and our first responders. And I am very optimistic that that is going to have a long tail for us, that um, as more Americans, unfortunately, have become unemployed during the pandemic, that they will see that the trucking industry is a sustainable place uh, in which to have a career, not just as a professional driver, but back office personnel as well, um, because trucking doesn't stop just because there's a pandemic. Uh, we still need to have everything delivered to our grocery stores and our pharmacies and our hospitals and our gas stations and everything else. And so I am optimistic that this will uh, help us in the future in our recruitment efforts. Um, certainly when you think about, I, I was participating in a, a conversation the other day, and, and certainly when you think about kids who are graduating from high school now, even though they don't get a graduation service, but, but as, you're look, as they're looking towards their future, if the college experience changes because of, you know, remote learning, um, may also make folks and young people reconsider the potential for a career like trucking where you could get right into it um, and get started earning. Uh, you know, it's not, a, it's not a job you can do distance. You are doing the job when you're driving the truck. And so I, I, I am really hopeful and optimistic about what this means on the backside for us in terms of our labor force. Uh, in terms of our uh, relationship with the regulatory agencies, again, I think it was just this heightened recognition of how valuable the trucking industry is. And I think there were some valuable lessons learned. For instance, we saw early on a number of states uh, closing their rest areas uh, once the pandemic hit. Uh, when suddenly, you know, we all said, wait a minute, truck drivers are still out there delivering goods and need those facilities. And not only do they need those facilities, more so now than ever, they need those facilities to be cleaned and sanitized. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I think it was a, a, a great lesson learned for everybody that, you know, what may seem initially like a good idea because states could then relieve those workers of having to go out and, and be at risk. The trucking industry relies on those public sector services as well, and we have to keep those operating 
when the truck drivers are operating. And, and I think to the average, you know, American, we don't think of things like that. You know, we just see the trucks on the road and hope, oh, you know, the influx of, of online delivery just went out the roof. And so everybody's like, where's my package? They don't think about all the different steps that it takes to get that package here. And that includes a, an open rest stop for these drivers who, especially those that are going very long distances across state lines, whatever the case is. So that brings up a good point. And another thing I wanted to ask you is, you know, I was talking to some other folks about this, this particular topic and the whole topic of supply chain, you know, has never really been kind of a, a, a sexy topic. You know, it's not somebody that people just go out major for, you know, but right. that's changing and it's, and it's becoming more of, of a topic or a, a, a career choice for a lot more of today's youth. Um, so with a lot of technology and GPS tracking in these trucks, how do you see that as kind of fitting into really kind of promoting professional development in the trucking industry? Uh, you know, I, I think, that, again, it's just one of those silver linings to come out of this situation for us is that it has brought national attention to how critical the supply chain is to keeping us all alive. I mean, fact that's, you know, the fact. Uh, keeping everything in the store and keeping hospitals supplied. And I think particularly because as we've looked at uh, studies of what younger generations are interested in, it's making a difference and having an impact. And, and certainly I think being able to make a difference and have an impact as being part of the supply chain has been really highlighted during this pandemic. And so I'm, I'm you know, hopeful that one, uh, Americans who have lost their jobs will consider trucking, but I think they'll also see, uh, young people will see there's a lot of opportunity here in a lot of different areas. I mean, it's not just professional drivers. It is, um, you know, managing that supply chain. And there are so many opportunities with technology to really, uh, for those uh, who are interested in that, bring those skills to bear. That's a good point. Um, is there anything else that we haven't covered that you think is, is pertinent to our, our audience about labor shortage and trucking or any hours of service regulations that you foresee coming up? Uh, I, one of the interesting things for me is, and I've been in the industry over 30 years, is just recognizing how very um, different the sectors of this industry are and how they are so very differently impacted when something like this occurs. Um, we all think about uh, trucks bringing us things to our grocery store and everything else, but we were contacted early on by a fleet that uh, does nothing but delivers to theaters for plays and productions. Oh and gosh. when those things shut down, yeah. suddenly they did their whole business model was yeah. upended. And so they were looking to get into general freight and, and because that's where the, the demand was at that time. Uh, and it's all these um, little uh, niche areas of the industry that people don't generally think of. Sporting events, and now sporting events have been shuttered, but all of that football equipment for every football team has to get moved around when those teams uh, play on the, on the road. And so yeah. it's, it's just really and truly it highlights how trucking really touches everything we do. That's a good point. You don't think of those things. You know, we just think of food and our, our packages, right. <laughs> clothes and whatever else we're buying online. And you don't think of all the 
the intricate stops and in between things and, and what happens. So that's a very, very good point. So I, we'll pay, I we'll pay a lot of money to go see Hamilton and we don't think about how Hamilton's sets get right. delivered. To yeah. That, all all the, the clothes and the, and the, and the food and all of it. Absolutely. You don't think of those things. So that's, that's perfect. Well, I appreciate you taking the time today to talk with us and um, hopefully we can, Maybe we can revisit this conversation in six months and see how things change. That would be great. Thank you so much for having me on today. Thank you. Well, that's it for today. Thank you to Rebecca Brewster from American Transportation Research Institute for taking the time to talk with us today. And be sure to tune in every Tuesday to LINK, the industry's link to learn, innovate, news, knowledge, and global supply chain intelligence.